The following program is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Oh, and another incredible show. Here's the number. We'd love to hear from you. Toll free, it's 1-866-405-8405. Just to say hi or tell us about a new animal in your life or if you have a question about your animal, we'd love to hear from you. Dr. Debbie can answer those questions, or Joey Volani if it's a, a grooming question. Also on the show today, Robert Samro with five summer family outings that can include dogs. Hmm. If you're looking for an outing, a summer outing that you yeah. want to bring Fido or Fluffy, uh, to be listening up in just a couple of minutes. Also, AJ Fudge will be joining us. I've been reassured this is her real name, <laughs> and she—that's a cool name. It is a cool name. She's an estate attorney, and she plans estates for people, and she's very concerned about making sure your animal is in your estate plan. That's awesome. And uh, I'm going to make sure that Joey's listening for this, because Gurney, she is uh, near 40 years old, I understand, but, but probably still. could live another 40 years, yes. outlive Joey, for sure. Yep. And, uh, you know, most of our, our cats and dogs, they live short lives, but you never know when something can happen. <laughs> Big bus could come. The blue day? bus. <laughs> the big purple bus, I purple. call it. Yeah. Not the short bus, but the big bus. <laughs> bluey, and uh, then your animals are left without you, unfortunately, and we want to make sure That's that right. they have care for them. So we'll be talking to A.J. Fudge about that in just a few minutes. What are you doing over there in the newsroom, Lori? Uh, I'm always looking for you know a good cat toy. Like I, I used to get this. I had a couple of them. They were like long orange things, about 18 inches long, and had a battery, and you turned it on, and it, it had like this big old long piece of string that would come Round around a, a yeah. revolving battery. It was so cool. And my cats loved it. Uh-huh. So now I have found another toy. It has been reviewed as the Terminator of Cat Toys. The Terminator? And boy. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, so cat lovers, listen up in just a few minutes with Lori Brooks. We'll check news and she'll tell you about this awesome new cat toy. Let's go to the phones. It's really easy to ask Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani a question. There's a couple of ways. You can do it from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Just download that puppy for your uh, iPhone or Android device right now. Or you can call one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five, and that's exactly what Nancy has done. And uh, let's go to Nancy. Hey, Nancy, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you today? Good. Where are you? Uh, Diamond Bar, California. That's uh, like the L.A. area, is it not? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so what's going on? I have the whole team here for you. Oh, great. Um, about 10 days ago, um, we had a kitten run into our house. It was late at night, um, you know, like one, 12 or 1 o'clock. I was closing up. Ran in the patio door in the back, ran behind our TV cabinet. Um, and to make a long story short, um, it, it's still around. Um, is it it's still in your house? He's the in cat our house. is still... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, uh, for a couple of days, we saw him, um, or it, behind our piano in the living room. And then, now we don't know where he is. I put out food, water for him, litter box. Um, it will only eat when we're not around. Middle of the night, or if we're gone for a long period of time and the dog is outside, you know, it'll come out and eat. But I can't get it 
to come out, you know, and be a friendly wow. kitten. Well, um, the reality is this may be uh, either a feral or a part feral cat, and that's partly why this is uh, why the kitty is, is so um, evasive with regular contact. Okay. The, the most challenging thing, and do you know how old the, the cat is? Um, I only saw it briefly, but it was small, maybe, um, I don't know, two, three months. Okay, like the size of a guinea pig? Um, maybe a little bigger than that. Okay. Yeah, so just looking behind the piano, he was all kind of crouched up. Wow! So you got like a freeloader living in your house. Oh Oh, my gosh! I said I can just see us (laughs) five years from now saying, "Yes, we have a cat somewhere." Goodness. And, you know, I actually do have clients that do report that, that they've taken in a cat um, and they just never have taken to handling and they pretty much let them exist with them. And, and oh, that's, wow. that is sometimes the best it gets. Okay. So really, you know, if we're still young, then we, we may be moldable. Um, the challenge is with having kind of unlimited access um, at this point and having the kitty being able to really kind of hide and have no other choice to mm-hmm. recognize where the food is coming from, um, you're not really going to have a strong bond built. So the idea would be, you know, I would borrow or rent a live trap and actually start feeding in the live traps. You can actually catch the cat. Um, and the best thing is to, you know, one is to get it spayed and neutered right away because mm-hmm. if it's a youngster, you know, we may only get one shot at kind of getting close handling um, at any point. Okay. Um, but then I really, rather than give the cat access Access to the full house because, as what you've discovered, is there's so many hiding places. Right. I would try to find a kind of smaller room that you can safely let that be the cat's room and kind of let that just be the spot where you can start to work on a quiet spot where you can try to work on a relationship. And the real big thing is for cats to understand and to recognize what's good about you. You know, you know, they could care less that if you're good on the piano and you know you're fun out at a party. What's good about you is you provide food. And well, somebody had suggested not feeding it for two or three days and then exactly. putting out, you know, like something strong smelling like a tuna fish or something like that, and then just kind of staying there until the kitten came out if it was so hungry that it would you know, maybe come out and be fed? It could do that. And, and I think that that's where I'm going with this, but okay. I would want to try to have a little bit more confined space for you because okay. I think not that we want to restrain the cat because that's right. not going to help the situation, but we want to try to make the hiding spots a little bit less oh. plentiful. Right. Yeah. Yes. If you don't feed the kitty for a couple of days, kind of putting that open bowl out, you're not going to starve it. Right. Um, but what you do is you build that drive. Okay. I'm a hungry cat and Hey, this person's coming in and then you can basically put the food down be around and let the cat eat. And I would really make no eye contact. I wouldn't really you know, make any sounds initially. I'd just let the cat associate you with the presence of food. Okay. And then you can kind of build up to kind of talking. Gradually you do is you try to get closer and closer. And then a lot of folks get to the point where then they can start petting the cat without doing any kind of lifting, hugging, or restraining, <laughs> which can be really um, very upsetting. Uh, um, it's a real challenge, huh? <laughs> it, it is. So, but yeah, I would try to kind of have a cat safe room, if you will, and, uh, let hunger be your motivator. Okay. And, um, and, and definitely, like I said, you know, I would say, um, a live trap would be one quick way to make sure all of the medical care needs are done, get that out of the way. And, um, and, and then you can move forward there with kind of working on your relationship and kind of trying to earn okay. trust. Do you want a cat now? I would love to keep the cat. Um, we had a, have had cats off and on for many years, and our last cat 
passed on about a year or so ago. And this kitten looks just like that cat, so it would be great to have it back. Yeah. You know, what does I've it look like? What success. kind of color is the? Uh, it's black and it's got little white paws. Aww. Yeah, and uh, I had even told my husband, I said maybe we need to adopt like a cat that's a little bit older, like maybe you know eight or nine months, a year old, so that this oh. kitten would see that it was a safe place. My husband wasn't crazy about that idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I would tend to say you, you might have more uh, inner cat issues. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'd work on this kitty first. Whenever I've had to trap cats, I've had great success, and I've tried lots of things, but either Kentucky Fried Chicken or Rotisserie Chicken <laughs> is oh, irresistible mm. to them. A good old Costco chicken, huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> good luck with that. Let us know how that goes, Nancy. I will so much. Uh, thank you. I, thank- I appreciate your help with that. I, you know, my husband and I have been kind of going round and round what to do. And, um, it, you know, I think he has crawled under the piano now because I've checked all the other places. So um, mm. I, I think it's going to take something, you know, like I said, the two days without feeding and, and, and then the tuna fish or something or the chicken to really yeah. bring it out. Or so. Beethoven's well- ninth. I, I, I was going to say Mozart has a home. <laughs> there you go. Thanks so much for your call. We'll uh, hope to hear from you again. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Now, uh, we were just taking calls, and you had to run off. Yes, you, literally, I had to leave you guys hanging and say sorry. <laughs> you're you're uh, the only person here that can actually do that because you uh, have a degree. None of us do. You have We're, a real job. You have a real job. Well. Uh, and you have a, a, a bustling practice in Las Vegas. And by the way, if you're ever in Las Vegas or live in Las Vegas, check out Lone Mountain uh, Animal Hospital. Lone Mountain. And of course, Dr. Debbie's books, which I'll talk about in just a few minutes. But what did you have to run off for? Oh, well, yeah, I had a, a cat that had a wound on its neck, and uh, the concern, it came racing in with uh, um, that they thought it got attacked by a coyote. So, oh, um, so you know, checked out the wound. It's an outdoor cat, so, you know, definitely a risk of any kind of bite wound living in an outdoor lifestyle. Um, and fortunately, the kitty looks okay. Um, I did some wound care and got on medications, shot some x-rays, you know, looking, because actually, honestly, when I looked at this wound, I thought it maybe had been shot because it looked really like kind of a BB gun or a power wound. But uh, a lot of times people do think it's interesting because cats that live outdoors, there's all sorts of maladies they can get. They can get bit by other cats, by dogs. They can get punctures from jumping from a structure to another and falling on, say, like a plant material or a fence. And they can get shot. But it's always people always come in and say, I think a bobcat. I think a a coyote (laughs) got my cat. And I'm like, you know, if it comes up to a cat meeting a coyote, uh, you know who's generally going to win. Sure. Um, So I, I do doubt that possibility in this situation but fortunately kitty's doing okay um you know i think he just met up with another tomcat and just he probably came out as the victor okay well here's the thing cats that live indoors live longer than cats that live outdoors that's a statistical fact undisputed undisputed yes but you know cats love to be out and outside and so what we've done is we have a little cattery so if you can create a cattery or a little fence around uh, your house that protects them, but lets them, uh, you know, smell the fresh air, play in the grass, play mm-hmm. with the butterflies. Always the best of both worlds doing that. And 
porches. Absolutely. The screened-in porches, the sunrooms, all of those things can really get on the indoors or the outside in. <laughs> Check out Dr. Debbie's books, Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, and Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. Great books. I want to encourage you to write one about Chinese Cresteds. We're seeing that uh, the world's ugliest (laughs) dog this year again is a Chinese Crested. Cute dog, by the way. And we have pictures over at the website. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. It's an 866 number. Please dial carefully or you'll be voting for an American Idol contestant, I please. <laughs> Don't want to do that, especially if you have a question about your animal. Uh, we have Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani here to answer those questions. And you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and BlackBerry. Go ahead and download that puppy right now. It's great to have because if there's ever a recall, you'll know first through notifications on that app. And uh, that's important. You don't want your animals sick because they're... And there's always a recall. It seems like there's more recalls on food for pets than there is for uh, humans. For vehicles. You know, (laughs) I never knew that until I got involved with this, um, with with, with Animal Radio. Yeah. Yeah, most people... All these recalls. People aren't aware. Yeah. So get the app and you'll be protected. Plus, you can listen to the show whenever you want and ask your questions whenever you want. Uh, Coming up in just a few minutes, Doc Halligan, and she has... The weekly once-over for you. What is that? She, she's going to tell us how to do a checkup on our very own animals instead of taking them to the vet or before you take them to the vet to do a checkup to make sure everything is okay. And yeah, to catch things early if you find a little bump or something. Just Yeah, I tend to think that as an owner, at least in my case, I am really tuned in to my cats. And so I know when something's wrong before a vet would know. I mean, the vet doesn't see him as often and as frequently. Sure, they can run the tests and everything, but uh, if you're there, you'll know when something's wrong with your animals, and she'll tell you what to look for. Also, in just a few minutes, A.J. Fudge will be joining us. Is that her real name? A.J. Fudge? A.J.? I don't know what A.J. stands for. A.J. Fudge. Fudge, like it. Like, Like, uh, yeah, as in uh, my favorite... uh, Chocolate? Chocolate or uh, fudgesicle. I love fudgesicles. That's a cool last name. It is. But she's not going to be talking about chocolate. She's going to be talking about estate planning. What you need to do for animals uh, like uh, birds that live a long time or even cats or dogs when you're gone. You never know. Anything can happen any day. Your cats live a very short lifetime. Dogs live a very short lifetime. But so could you. And you want to make sure that uh, they're prepared to extend their life beyond yours, that they're taken care of if need be. And she'll be talking about that in just a few minutes. And what are you working on, Miss Lori Brooks and Parker and Gordy? And Lucy. And Lucy. Who is 
snoring quietly over there. I've got for you a list of the most pet-friendly companies that you would love to work for if you're an animal lover. Fortune Magazine put it together. It's pretty comprehensive, so we'll share it with you. You know, I think that companies that have pets working there, not working there, but there uh, at the office, I think the uh, the workers are more productive. I know that sounds they silly, are. but it's. I think they are. And yeah, they're happier. Calmer. And, yeah, exactly. We're all very calm around here, aren't we? Yeah, we've got all these animals all over. How can you not be? <laughs> Hopefully you can take your animals to where you work. Uh, but we'll have that list with Lori Brooks just around the corner with news. But first, let's go to your calls. Well, hi, Lynn. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Where are you today? Yeah, I'm in South Lake Tahoe. Okay, hold on for one second here. Let me... Can you come back in? Dr. Debbie just went to get a drink of water. Okay, you, okay there you go. She, she needed to I'm hydrate here. there. It's actually Diet Coke, and, and that's my vice. <laughs> How can no, we help mine's you? Diet, mine's Diet Pepsi. Oh, Diet Pepsi is um, your vice? Yeah. Well, you know what? I just um, I had talked to my vet, but we have a puppy, an Australian Shepherd, and I just wondered what you recommend um, age-wise to get him neutered. Okay. I was told like five to six months. But I wondered if there's things that, you know, should his testicles have dropped by then? Um, you know, he still doesn't lift his leg pain. He's more like a squat still. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In general, I'd say that my veterinary recommendation is about six months for the castration surgery. Um, that's before we start to see the bad behaviors, um, marking around the house, um, a little bit pushy dominance or aggressive behaviors. In our community, you know, we have one of those laws that says that you have to neuter your dog and cat by four months of age. And um, I don't dispute the law, but I would say my preference is six months. And uh, for some things like, uh, you know, testicles, yes, they ought to be dropped by six months. But actually, those little suckers should be falling on those puppy visits. So usually on the three-month, the four-month visits, if those testicles aren't there, then I maybe get a little concerned. But by six months, they should be in their normal position. If they're not, that might be a condition called cryptorchidism, where the testicle doesn't drop normally. Um, not that we would wait necessarily longer, just means we have a little abnormality to deal with. Uh, but um, as far as neutering-wise, you said he's five months right now? He's six months. Oh, he's six months. So, yeah, I think he's old enough to sign up. And if he's not lifting his leg, um, I don't know that waiting longer may necessarily help him. Um, it's, it's not necessarily a hormone-driven behavior. A lot of times it's learned from other dogs around him. So might help to take him to the dog park and let him watch some of the big boys and uh, you know he might pick up that behavior <laughs> otherwise it okay. might just be a little bit more time and he'll he'll find it you know so, so sometimes i sit down too <laughs> too much information <laughs> so it um what you said earlier it is better to do it before he shows signs of aggressive behavior Absolutely, yeah. And I found I found some people that actually wait because they're waiting to see those signs. And actually, behaviorally, we can avoid so many more problems if we don't allow that to actually happen in the first place. So yeah, I, I would I would endorse the old snip snip for your friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Lynn. Okay, that's- that's great. Thank you so much. Thanks Have for listening. one 405 8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405 Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets. 
the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again, the one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places, too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. We know that pets can make you healthier, right? We tell you about it all the time. And there is a new study out on that subject that is good news for about half the population. My cat, Parker, is helping me do this story, so if you're <laughs> hearing strange noises. Um, new research out says that American women over age 50, who are, you know, generally healthy, are less likely to die of cardiovascular problems like having a stroke or something if they have a cat or a dog. According to the National Death Index as of 2006, 11 of every 1,000 non-pet owners had died because of cardiovascular disease compared to only about 7 of every 1,000 people who had a pet. Now, specifically here, and maybe this is why Parker has jumped up on my stand with me. Hey, <laughs> Parker. <laughs> now, specifically for stroke, male pet owners were just as likely to have died, had no impact on them. But female pet owners, they say, were about 40% less likely to have died from stroke from the research that they studied. Now, this is where Parker comes in. Believe it or not, and he must know this, it's mostly because of cats, not dogs. According to these experts in all of the previous research and studies that they had gone over again, cat owners, they found, actually may have a certain kind of personality that actually protects their hearts rather than cats having some concrete effect on heart health, you know, like because you have to walk the cat. Mm. It might just be in the genes. Huh. Is that why I'm so calm? Oh, listen to Parker Perry. That's his teeth hitting the mic, too. Guys, we know. He is a sweetheart. Okay. In other news going on, Digital Spy recently came out with a list of the best techno toys and gadgets for pets. On the list is Shrew, and they spell it S-H-R-U. Now, this toy Shrew is based on the theory that cats love killing things, but, you know, we don't want a hallway full of dead birds or mice and, you know, an arm that looks like Edward Scissorhands. you got to fight with him <laughs> or something. So Shrew might just be the perfect solution. It acts like a rodent and responds to a cat's actions by mimicking a shrew's erratic movement and sound. Now, it can move along on a hard surface like tile or carpet. It shakes, it makes sounds, and even senses obstacles so it knows to avoid them. And best of all, 
when your cat attacks Shrew? Shrew acts like it's panicking and then tries to escape while squealing. But no matter how vicious your cat is, they say it'll never die, obviously. Digital Spy calls Shrew the Terminator of Cat Toys. I think we're going to have to invest in one of those. Uh-huh. And, you know, many companies these days offer perks for their employees to keep everybody happy and boost productivity. Perks like gym memberships and foosball tables, free snacks, free coffee, stuff like that. But if you are an animal lover who yearns to work in a pet-friendly office, and don't we all, we're lucky here, uh, Fortune Magazine has come out with a list of the most pet-friendly companies to work for. On the list, one of our favorites that we partner with every year for a contest is Kimpton Hotels, oh, yeah. where their employees, yeah, are actually encouraged to bring their pets to work. Could you imagine that? And then they are also offered, if you work at Kimpton Hotels, pet insurance and time off if you have, you know, you lose a pet. GoDaddy was also on the list, cited for having on-site psychologists for employees. Now, they don't get to take their pets to work, but because they have these on-site psychologists, many of them have canine assistants who see patients at the office and make sure that everyone is happy and calm. No surprise, the Fortune List honored Google, too, a company whose love for dogs is written into the company's code of conduct, really. Frequent doggy visitors to Google have their own badges, and they can enjoy a visit to Google's dog-themed cafe. Atlantic Health, which is a hospital chain, also made the list, as did Mars, the pet food company, and Genentech. And then there's the big daddy, Salesforce, uh, San Francisco. Cisco-based company that takes pet appreciation to a whole new level. Not only does the software company allow animals in the office, but they also have a special office that is made just for those pets and the employees who work there. So the workers can sign up to work in the dog-centric space, which features soundproof walls, water bowls, crates, dog beds, everything that would, you know, make a a good companion animal uh, office there. Salesforce workers also get discounts on pet insurance, pet care, and dog walking. I might have to move to San Francisco. <laughs> Isn't that great? We're not on that list? Yeah, we should no. be. And I, I was disappointed in that, that we didn't make the list, but I, I think it's just because we're a small company. Yeah, we're not one of the uh, Fortune 500 companies. Yeah, <laughs> we're just missing it just by miss just a, a little bit. I think we're 501. But Parker and Ladybug, of course, are proof that we get to bring our pets to work, so uh-huh. we love that. I'm Lori Brooks. You can always get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Let me give you that toll-free number. It's 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Villani, and we'll go back to the phones for your calls in just a couple of seconds. But first, we're going to visit with one of these rural veterinarians, Dr. Bo Brock, who's in the middle of uh, Texas. Is that correct, Doc? That's La Mesa, Texas. That's uh, between Lubbock and Midland over there, kind of in the west part. Yeah, you deal with, uh, obviously, a lot of uh, horses. Oh, we work on everything. You know, we work on horses, dogs, cows, cats, ostriches, just anything comes by. Ostriches, huh? <laughs> really? Yeah, we've is, done it all. Is that big in Texas? Well, you know, it used to be a really big deal, but then the market kind of went kaput, and all the ostriches have gone away. Aw. And you even treated one of Toby Keith's pets? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it was his horse. It was a racehorse. It's kind of a fun story. If you got a minute, I'll tell it to you. Please. Uh, well, you know, we do a lot of colic surgeries, and that horse was running over in Rio Dosa, New Mexico, and a buddy of mine is a veterinarian over there called up and said he had a colic horse. And it was on a Sunday night, and, you know, going to get here about 2 o'clock in the morning, which is usual for veterinary life. And that horse shows up, and the guy that's driving the horse gets out, and he said, this horse is special. Well, you know, they all say that. So <laughs> I just kind of halfway listened, and the guy said, yeah, he said, this horse belongs to Toby Keith. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I can just hear this thing will die, and Toby Keith and Willie Nelson will be singing a song about the dumb veterinarian from West Texas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I get home the next morning, and I got three daughters, Emily, Abby, and Kimmy, and and the youngest one, Kimmy, she's about seven years old at the time. The others was like nine and 11. And they're getting ready to go schooling breakfast. I got there. I said, hey, guess what? I worked on Toby Keith's horse last night. <laughs> and, you know, the oldest two, they were bouncing around. They listened to his records, and they was all happy. And the youngest one looked up at me. She said, well, I knew that was going to happen. The other two said, you couldn't have known that. And she said, yeah, you're not supposed to give beer to horses. And so I don't know if you know that song. Oh, yes. And beer for my horse as well. My little daughter heard that, and she thought, well, someday that horse is going to go see my daddy. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> you're not supposed to give beer to horses. You know, I read the uh, your book, which is Crowded in the Middle of Nowhere. It, it was hilarious. I was entertained by it. And I, I have to ask you about this high-tech pig facility that you visited <laughs> and what happened while you were there. Well, you know, what would you do? I mean, would you put on somebody else's underwear? Have you ever really thought about that? Of course I, I not. I guess I'd never thought about it. I, You know, you had to go in there and get all total naked and take a shower and then come out the other side. Well, then you're just standing there naked, and they got some clothes for you to put on to go through the pig facility. And I guess I'd never considered putting on a pair of somebody else's underwear that somebody else had worn. So I was wow. sitting there digging through the underwear, and I decided to go for the size giant. 52 boxers because sure. I figured I wouldn't touch anything down there. Just, <laughs> but that was because I got to put on a pair of them coverall onesie things like old man wear, you know, and put those boxers on and put those coveralls on and went out there into the pig facility. Well, didn't take long for them boxers to fall down. And I was having to take little tiny steps because they were all the way down to my knees. And I was trying to hold them up with one hand in my pocket. And finally, I had to grab something with both hands. And so I short strided the whole tour. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? Really? I guess I never thought about it. Somebody else's bottom had been in those things. And no. it's kind of a private moment. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Dr. Bo Brock is with us. The book is called Crowded in the Middle of Nowhere. I have five copies to give away right now. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405. If you're not lucky enough to get on through, head on over to Amazon or your book bookstore. I'm getting that Southern draw now. You know? Yeah, you It always are. happens when I talk to these. <laughs> Doctor, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Oh, you bet. What a blessing. Thanks for having me on. I hope you guys have a happy week. You too. There you go. There's a very charismatic guy. I like that. Yeah. Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio. It's Alan Cable. You know, pit bulls get a lot of real bad press, so it's nice to be able to tell you about a real pit bull that did an amazing thing. Saved a toddler's life. As you can see, like, he's a happy, healthy little boy. And that's because of Tater Tot, their rescued pit bull, who woke little Peyton's mom up in the middle of the night. He wasn't really coherent. They'd only had this dog for a few days. And he kept on whining and barking and running between the two of us, so I checked on him, and, like, he was, like 
barely breathing. Christy rushed her son to the emergency room. They found out his blood sugar was dangerously low, and nobody knows why. The doctor says the pit bull's keen sense of smell is what saved Peyton's life. Because for them, you know, what for us is, you know, barely a whiff of something gives them a huge picture of what's going on. Doggy heroes come in all sizes. I could have been one of those moms, like, sitting there telling people how I lost my son. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with your pets toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Excuse me, I have the hiccups. (laughs) Boo! We have Doc Halligan from the Lucy Pet Foundation with us. I asked her to put together a list of the weekly once-over to make sure that our animals are healthy. It's it's very important because if you can pick up on problems early, you could save your animal's life by getting it to the vet. This is a vital thing that every pet owner should do once a week on all their pets. Okay, and let's start with the face. You want to do it in a good light. Okay. And you want to get into a system and do it the same way every time so you don't miss anything. Okay. And so, yes, let's start at the face. And so looking in their eyes, it's, you know, look in their eyes, see what their eyes normally look like. If they have any kind of discharge or they're they're closing their eye or they're rubbing their eyes, those would all be indications that you should take them into the vet, not pull out some old eye drops that you have sitting around in the cupboard. (laughs) People do that. I'm like, no, you shouldn't do that because, you know, the eyes can be serious. So, wait a second. Boog, our cat has this, uh, I don't want to say conjunctivitis, but uh, eye boogers. And I thought it was normal, typical. normal. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you will have a little bit of discharge. Sure. Or sleepy seed. And we used to call it that. (laughs) Yeah. So if that's, you know, normal occurrence for your pet, not all pets have that, but if your pet was routinely had that with no problems, then don't worry about it. If it hasn't ever had a discharge like that and then all of a sudden it does, that's a problem. Or if it becomes excessive. Okay. Or it's colored. Yeah, what about the color? Like what color should we be looking out for? It shouldn't be it should be like a white gray. It shouldn't be yellow or green. What about red? Red. Red. Well what is red? That would not be good. Red could mean some blood in there. Okay. You know, look at their their sclera, the white part of their eye. It should be white, not red. You know, they do get dry eye like humans do where they don't make enough tears. Okay. And so you'll start to notice that they'll have what we call scleral injection where they'll have little blood vessels in the white part. And that's abnormal. That's the beginning of a disease that we can really treat to prevent any long-term problems with the pet if you catch it early. Okay. And then do you guys all know what the third eyelid gland is? heard about it. Mm-hmm. Well, dogs and cats have what's called a third eyelid, and it, when they close it, it goes up from the bottom up, and it helps lubricate the eyes. That shouldn't be showing. So if you see all of a sudden a little 
piece of lid on the bottom, that's a signal that you need to take your pet in, especially cats. When they get sick, their third eyelid glands will go up. Okay. You know what glaucoma is? Isn't it like a pressure of the eye or something like that? Yes, it's an increased ocular pressure, and they will go blind immediately from it. So it is a emergency situation, and the pets will be very painful from that. So like I said, if you see your dog pawing at its eye or blinking it or something like that, so that, those things could seem, oh, he's just okay, but that's him trying to tell you his eye's hurting him. So take it seriously, especially with the eyes. Are there some uh, like dogs, like the dogs with the uh, eyes that look like they're bulging out, like uh, pugs, yes. for instance? The pugs. Are they more predisposed yes. to, to problems like that? Absolutely. All of the brachycephalic dogs, the dogs that are cockers, shih tzus, lhasas, pekinese, all those dogs are more predisposed to eye problems because their eyes protrude. Okay. So they tend to get cuts on them, corneal ulcers, and, you know, they can pop out of the socket from wow. roughhousing. I didn't know that. Yes, I, I've put yeah. many an eyeball back in the socket. It's... Wow. Scary thing. Let's uh, move on okay. down the face. So now we're on the eyes. So then, you know, look at the lips. Um, they can get tumors on the inside of their lips. They can get squamous cell carcinoma. So again, look at your pets and kind of get a feel for what they look like now. So then if there's something that starts changing with that, that would indicate at least a call to the vet. Now the nose, you know, that's a common fallacy that a warm nose means that they have a fever. That does not mean. Oh, really? You cannot tell a pet's temperature by feeling their nose. Okay. Now, the nose should be a little on the moist side. It shouldn't be dry and cracking, but their nose changes depending on the humidity, and they can get autoimmune disease where they're attacking their own skin, and the bridge of the nose is the most common place for that to start. So if you start to all of a sudden see, like, crustiness or something on your pet's nose, that would be an indication to have your pet looked at nasal discharge um dogs and cats with white noses can get skin cancer so what about dogs that have black noses and it the pigment changes, changes like color pink yeah and, and no like, and that's that's normal is that you know as they get older yeah it's like freckling huh ah, okay and finally with the face we have the old mouth what should yes. we be looking at of the mouth Well, first of all, you know, you can tell if your pet's dehydrated or not. If you take your finger right now and touch your gum, you see how it's kind of moist under your lip? A little moist, right? It is a little moist. That's moist. Okay. Do your, check your dogs or cats. You can put your finger in there and it'll be moist like that. If your pet is ill or dehydrated, you will feel the gum just dry and sticky. It'll just, you'll notice it. It's very dry and tacky. That can be a sign that your pet is dehydrated. Also, look at the color. In most animals, you can even tell what their circulatory or heart is like by taking your finger and pressing their gum until it blanches white and then release Mm -hmm. and then count how long it takes to turn pink again. How long should it take? It should be under two seconds. Okay. So you go 1,001, 1,002, it's pink. If it's over two seconds, your pet has a problem. So, you know, that's those are very easy tests that you can do to look at your pet. Also, there shouldn't be any odor. Next week, we'll go, we'll move down the body a little bit. So you want to be here next week for the weekly Once Over with Doc Halligan from the Lucy Pet Foundation. And check out the Lucy Pet Foundation, doing great work at Lucy Pet foundation.org this is animal radio
When's the best time to enjoy twisted tea? Why don't we do it? A hard iced tea brewed like a beer that tastes like real iced tea because it's made with real iced tea. Hanging out at the pool, fishing with your buddy. Twisted tea hard iced tea tastes great anytime. Cool, refreshing, smooth, but with a kick. Why don't we do a little Twisted tea, real iced tea taste with a kick. Twisted Tea Brewing Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Drink responsibly. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Let me just say, first off, that I love each and every listener here at Animal Radio, and I really like talking to you on the phone. We have such such a fun time. We all share a very common bond with our animals. We are just a little bit, uh, maybe some people would say, too crazy about our animals. But that's okay, because this is the show for crazy animal lovers. And so feel free to call 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to, well, we have Dr. Debbie to my left. If you're brand new, I'm just going to give you the, the rundown. Dr. Debbie to my left, to, to my right, Joey Volani. In the newsroom over there, we have Lori Brooks with uh, Parker and Gordy and Lucy. And uh, to my kind of left, Northwest, <laughs> we have Judy, and she's answering your calls, as well as uh, overlooking Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, and Molly, the studio stunt dog. So we bring our animals to work. We really hope you do, too. We enjoy having them around. And, yeah, they distract us, but I think we're all a little calmer and, and ultimately more productive in the long run because of it. Well, that's what all the research says, you know. It does support it, that they're good in the workplace. Uh-huh. What are you working on, Lori? How to make your dog a digital billboard. A digital <laughs> billboard. Yeah. Like, you know, you take your dog shopping, you're walking down the street, and you can just put anything you want on your dog. I like that idea. I got to say. It's very clever. It was just too unusual not to share. As we get more technologically advanced, more and more weird things are coming out for our animals. Yeah, but imagine you walking mm-hmm. your dog or something, and it says... My mom's single or something, you know? I mean, hey, you know? I mean, it could be great. That's on the way in just a few minutes with Lori Brooks here on Animal Radio. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. And let's go to Bernie. Hey, Bernie, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Good. I got Joey Volani and the doctor right here. What What's up? Uh, just a quick question for Joey. I... Uh... Within the next few years, I'm going to be segueing from a, one career to another, and the uh, career path I've chosen for my uh, second life, so to speak, is dog grooming. And um, doing a little bit of research on dog grooming, I've, I uh, kind of found out some places require certifications, licensure, um, and education. So I was wondering if he had any recommendations uh, in terms of schooling or, or where to go to, to become a dog groomer. I live in Pennsylvania. Can I ask what you do now? Perfect. I'm uh, currently a respiratory therapist, and uh, after 25 years, starting to get a little burned out, so I, I need to segue into something else. And I have a pack of six schnauzers who I do regular grooming six on, and I always get very good compliments from folks, and I really enjoy doing it. So I figure why not make it a, a second career? Barney, you're getting, you're getting involved in a really good career. Um, the pet grooming industry was growing almost 12% each year, um, not showing any signs of, of, of a recession. So... 
you're getting involved in a really good industry. Just so you know, and it's unfortunate in my feelings, is groomers um, do not have to be licensed. Um, there is nothing that prohibits, in, in the state of Pennsylvania, I know this for a fact, that prohibits you from opening up a grooming salon or working for someone. That being said, though, I definitely recommend that you go to school. Um, most schools offer anywhere from a four- to a 600-hour program, and it's it's going to give you the basics of pet grooming. It's going to teach you every aspect that you need to know to become a professional pet groomer. Leaving school, you're still not a professional. It's almost like a doctor where you have to do your residency, where you got to go get your feet wet somewhere. So going to work in, in, in a salon for a little bit, even before you go to school, will give you a good awareness of really what you're getting into. And thinking about going to a school, ask them if you could spend a day with them. Now, we used to do this in my school in New Jersey. Is we used to, It was mandatory you came and you spent the day, and you got down and dirty, and you squeezed anal glands, and you cut nails, and you brushed, and you got dirty. And at the end of that day, you either said, I love this or I hate it. And it just give you the awareness of, you know, knowing if, if you like it or not. But, again, you're getting involved in a really, really good career and a good opportunity for you to make some good money. Oh, that's great advice. Well, one question, since you mentioned nail trimming, um, what, what do you think of those new clippers they have out now with the warning lights in terms of, It's funny because the professionals don't use them yet, but I've used them, and I've got to be honest with you, they work. What are they, what are, uh, no, what are like they Joey? What do they do? What they do is they're, they're a quick finder. And um, what they'll do is they got, they got three lights. they got a, a red, um, a um, yellow, and a green light. And when you, when you put the nail clipper over the nail, it'll tell you where to clip. Okay, So once you get the green light, you know you are, um, you, you, you're not going to get the quick, but you're close enough. And if you get a red light, it means you're on the quick. Don't cut or you're going to bleed the dog. They're pretty cool. Awesome. Well, thanks. For so, so you're saying even without any experience, I could spend a day at a groomer and they'd allow me kind of to get my feet wet to see if I would enjoy the profession. To be honest with you, at the school would. I don't know about That's a local cool. groomer, but I mean, oh, I, I mean, to, to be quite honest with you, um, I think that um, you know, if you have a place in town and people you know, and they'll let you do that, I think it's um, you know, it's the best opportunity because in a school, of course, no matter what, it's like being under the wing of mommy and daddy. They're going to protect you. In a grooming salon, you're going to see exactly what happens there and, 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 and experience it, you know, firsthand. And not that it's that much different, but it definitely is a little bit different. Very cool. Thanks for the advice, man. Hey, thanks Thank for your you. call, Bernie. Good luck. Let us know how it goes. Toll free, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to the Dream Team right now, Dr. Debbie or dog father, Joey Volani. And we go to Joanne. Hey, Joanne, how are you doing? Oh, hey, I'm doing fine. Sorry to keep you on hold for so long. Phones are burning white hot over here, but you're up. What's going on? Well, you know, we've got a great uh, cat, and we're trying to uh, train her uh, on a leash, and we're wondering if you have any tips that you can share with us. Okay, sure. Well, I gotta commend you. That's a, for some kitties, that's a big undertaking. For others, especially those that are really food motivated, you know, it's not all that difficult. Um, so tell me about your kitty. Uh, is there a particular breed she is? Um, how does she normally respond if you ask her to do things for you or you try to uh, make her do something? She already comes. She only gets treats. I've, I've had cats before and I've always had them come by rattling a, a can with treats in it, and that's she only gets her treat. You know, if she comes to the can. She's she's food motivated, I suppose. <laughs> she's a long haired, and she loves to go outside. And she's an outside inside cat. She's timid. Okay. Um, she's a scaredy cat. Scaredy cat in what way? Noises. Um, you know, she's afraid of the cars and the trucks. She's afraid okay. of. 
dogs, you know, she'll, she'll hide and hunker and run in, okay. that type. Because all of those, all of those things that you're saying, Joanne, are going to kind of play into whether or not she's going to be a good candidate to do this and if we're going to expect her to really take to it and enjoy it. Now, for Kitty, that's fearful of sounds, cars, dogs. Uh, you know, I'll have to say for leash training, for outside, that may not be the most enjoyable experience for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you really have to kind of look at what she wants to do. And if she doesn't want to do it, it's going to be harder to convince her to do that. So if it's something like walking around the backyard, if you've got a nice long property, something like that, this might be a reasonable thing to try to see how she does without all those distractions and all those other things that can kind of freak her out. Um, but yes, you can definitely work towards training her. The first step with kitties if you do want to leash train them, is to really get them accustomed to the the fit of a harness. And um, that's the most important thing. You can use a collar. Um, however, for cats, since they can sneak out, get frightened, and slip the collar, um, I really think the only way you should do this is to do it with a body harness. Um, so you want to make sure you get her well fit. So if, you, if you're not comfortable with that, see a, someone at a pet store just to kind of help you with that so that she can't get her little arm out or slide out. Um, yeah, I, I got it. I did buy her a harness, which I'm on Kodiak Island, and we really don't have a pet store, but she's, I've gotten her associated to her harness. She, Good. She, she lets me put it on. It's no, not a, not a problem at all. And, um, and I, I, then I kept doing that, let her walk around in that and get used to it, and then I'd take it off of her and, okay, uh, put it in an area where she sits down and, or lays down, and right now she's just come in from inside, and she's, sitting on top of her harness and the and the leash <laughs> but i don't you know the leash is more like a toy she'll want to go after it because she likes to go after the that's okay. That's okay. We can use that to our advantage. And, and that's one way that you can um, have her on the harness and using, you know, preferably, I didn't even get into that as far as we want to use a light leash just so it doesn't, cats don't really dig that heavy sensation of that leash. So we want to go with a really t- light training leash. But you can use that. Use that as a, a way to get her um, interested in moving forward. And um, if she wants to chase the leash, just make it a nice long one and uh, tease her with a little bit, make her play with it, or, you know, get a little feather toy, something like that to get her interested in moving forward and that can of uh, treats hey that's a great thing to bring that along as well too um so um you know even to get her to go a few feet is really um that's all we're asking uh, first we want her to tolerate the leash um in the harness and then we want to just ask her to take a few steps and you just work up with time um and um, positive reinforcement with those treats and uh you know of course i don't want to see your kitty get chubby but um but there there is definitely a way and and uh you know whether or not in those other situations where she'll really take to this um you know try to control the, her environment and do that in a safe quiet place so that she'll feel more comfy with uh with that experience okay i think it's I, i'm gonna try i think i have patience with right Oh, I want to take her out with us in, in the in the motorhome, and I've had other I've had two other cats in the motorhome, and they were older. You know, they mm-hmm. they were used to my voice and saying, "She's this one's just turning two, and just want to get her Aww. get her." Yeah, well, that's a great way to get your kitty out and moving and, and, and you know, get them some exercise. So um, I think, Joanne, that your call is probably going to inspire a lot of other people to consider that, um, take their cat along with them traveling and in the car. It's, it's a great way to make them a safe traveler. So keep up at it and let us know how that comes along. We will be anxiously waiting to hear how things are going there up in Alaska. Judy, uh, she, she walks her cats all the time. 
I do. She and my, does. My cat travels in the RV and just, I open the door of the RV and he walks from the house out on the sidewalk and walks right into the RV and gets up on the dash and he's ready to go. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing to see, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> well, this healthy serving of animal radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. I say this because Tigger's the studio cat. She wasn't doing so good on another big name brand food. And we actually tried a whole bunch of foods and she was having diarrhea and all kinds of problems. We stumbled upon Red Barn. And let me tell you, this gal is now having firm stools, gaining weight and looking so much better. So this is something we wanted to tell you about. Redbarninc.com is where you can learn more. And thank you guys so much for underwriting Animal Radio and making Tigger's healthier. Geico presents Kathy, the candid real estate agent. As you can see, this apartment has crown molding, and yes, that's a working fireplace. Can't you see yourself curling up with a good book? At least until a pipe bursts, and then you'll need to replace your brand new upholstered sofa. (laughs) That thing will soak up water like a sponge. It's hard to know all that comes with renting a home or apartment. That's why the Geico Insurance Agency makes getting covered for personal property loss and damage quick and easy. Visit geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. We are celebrating the connection with your pets. Here is our toll-free number, 1-866-405-8405, to reach out to Dr. Debbie or to dog father Joey Valani or... Uh, Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. Again, she's uh, answering calls today because there's a lot of dog callers. Is that what's happening? You know, she'll take she's cat so calls too. too. She yeah. she is talkative. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if your dog wants to talk to Ladybug, uh, dial that toll free number up. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And if you ever need a fix of Animal Radio during the week, head on over to animalradio.pet. Yeah, you heard me right. Dot pet. Animalradio.pet. Lots of fun stuff over there. And uh, as well as a picture of this year's uh, winner of the world's ugliest dog. We were talking oh, about he's her. cute. He is cute. I, you know what? I feel uh, on the edge about that because, you know, I mean, calling him ugly is not I really. That's, that's mean, right. sort of. But I got to tell you, very cute dog. Yes, he is. So check that out. And his name, what is it? Sweepy, Sweepy. Sweepy. Rambo, and it's Sweet spelled S W E E P E E. In fact, that's Sweet what we're going to tell you. You know, like what kind of dog she is, and in what she looks like, how old she is, what she weighs, all of the things that a human woman would kill you for revealing. <laughs> we are going to tell you about the world's ugliest dog contest winner. Who is the cutest? You know? I have to say, Chinese crested—they don't age well generally. <laughs> yeah. Do, do they look the same when they're puppies? I've never seen any puppies. No, as puppies, they're, you know, I mean, obviously the ones that don't have hair don't have hair, but a lot of times they, they'll get, you know, the blackheads, the whiteheads all over their skin. Oh. They tend to have horrific teeth, so a lot of times um, they are either falling out or they've been removed, so they tend to have the tongue that hangs out. Um, so, yeah, they, they really just aren't a breed that is pretty at that age. <laughs> so, yeah, you just answered a question for me, because I guess now that I think about it, every time I see a picture of them, their tongue is hanging out, and that's because they're 
their teeth? What, what's the deal with yeah. that? Well, it's a breed that genetically, their teeth are just really um, not good. They have a lot of gingival disease, a periodontal disease, so they tend to have problems and have teeth lost very young. Um, so it kind of goes along with the, the breed trait. and so Just like yeah, people so. from England, right? I just <laughs> How? I can't believe you said that. I can't either. You know, okay. you know we're going to have some kind of Brexit ban. Or <laughs> yeah. Send your complaints. This is not necessarily the views of the radio station. Send your complaints, too. <laughs> I'm just saying, okay, the poor little Chinese crested. They're, they're very, very cute. And uh, I, I, I would take offense if someone called me ugly. So I want to say this year's winner, uh, Sweepy Rambo, uh, you're a cutie. And yes. you're never ugly she in my is. eyes. Yes, and we're still going to have all of the English Fox Terriers, the English Setter owners still calling into the show and <laughs> tuning in. So please still uh, listen to us. <laughs> what else do we have? Anything else in the news coming up? Uh, no, that was my big surprise that for was you. It? I was going to talk about Sweepy. Yeah. Sweepy? Oh, and what her favorite thing to do is. Oh, Sweepy has hobbies. <laughs> she has a favorite hobby. Well, her dad can afford a lot more now that he won 1500 bucks off of her. Okay, that's no. on the way. Don't give away too much now. one 405 8405 This is Animal Radio, baby. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List. Five summer family outings that can include dogs. Summer's a wonderful time of year, and for many, it's a great opportunity for the family to be together and make lifelong memories. It should go without saying that it's also a great time to take your dog with you for some of these activities. Let's start with family outings to local, regional, and some state parks. Taking your dog with you is like giving them a giant all-day birthday party. The new smells, sights, and activities are just what the dog ordered. Make sure you check with the park's regulations and adhere to the rules for the safety of your dog and others in the park. Additionally, know what activities you're likely to participate in and decide ahead of time whether your pup will be doing the same thing. If so, prepare for those activities for both of you. A day in the park is certainly something your dog will be up for and find continuous joy in. Number two is hiking local trails. If you have an active dog who enjoys getting out and exploring with you, this is a great time of year to do this. Make sure you bring water for your dog and also take note of the cement and ground temperatures to make sure that your dog is not burning his or her paws. Additionally, make sure that when you finish the hike, you clean their paws and do a snout-to-tail check for any unwanted critter hitchhikers like ticks. Let's move on to water fun. Whether it's boating, surfing, or swimming, many dogs love the water as much as humans do. If your dog displays a love of water and is safely enjoying it, you have a real treat in store when you take them with you for your water adventures. If they're on a boat, surfboard, or even paddleboard, have the proper safety gear for them. Life jackets are a must as even the strongest swimmers can get tired and will appreciate that extra layer of safety. Some states have dog beaches specifically designed for the enjoyment of the ocean by humans and their dogs. It is such an inspiring thing to see dogs of all sizes, shapes, and breeds enjoying the beach much like little kids do. Camping is another popular summer activity that dogs seem to love. The smell of nature, sleeping in a tent, and reconnecting with nature in a way that their ancestors would be proud of. Plan for and bring a similar amount of supplies for your pet as you would for yourself or others. And try to avoid changing their daily habits too much as it can cause upset stomachs, lethargy, and even anxiety. 
being in nature will be change enough. Finally, if roughing it means something a bit more upscale for your pooch, remember that more and more resorts are catering to families who want to bring their pets. They offer special activities, services, and much more. This year, consider taking your dog with you on vacation. Summer vacation plans and excursions can include the entire family. It takes some planning and care, but it's certain to add more joy and memories to your activities. Share your favorite summertime dog activities and more on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Hi, this is Tanya Tucker on Animal Radio. Love those pets. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, this might be perfect for that new MTV summer show. Have you seen it? Pimp My Pooch. (laughs) Really? Does that really exist? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you're looking to give your pet a fashion makeover, the Disco Dog is the coat for your dog. And let me tell you why, because this thing is way too cool. It's um, got colored flashing LED lights. And then you can choose to have the lights flash in preset patterns, kind of like, you know, what you'd see on a Christmas tree or something. Or if you prefer, you can spell out a word by inputting text and then have it scroll along the coat where your dog actually becomes a walking digital billboard. It also makes your dog visible in the dark. And check this out. You and your dog are walking along and it's wearing the disco dog coat. You, You get separated somehow in a crowd. Automatically, lost dog will scroll across the coat as soon as you lose Bluetooth connection to your phone. Wow. Because it knows that, you know, your dog is not there. So bystanders will say, you know, lost dog, and everything works. It's functional. It'll keep your dog warm, and it's fun. And if you want to invest in it, you can get all the details over on Kickstarter. I want one of those. Yeah, we need it. Yes. In uh, the UK, there's an overweight cat whose name is Puff, and she is one of the 12 finalists in a weight loss competition that they've got there for pets. And it's all part of encouraging animal health in the area. Now, Puff's owner says that she entered the nearly 17-pound cat in the competition in hopes of helping her overcome the damage done by Puff's previous owners. And and that was apparently because it was a, a stressful household that Puff lived in, and she became an obese, emotional eater because of all the stress she was under. And now Puff is so large, she was actually too big to fit inside of a cat carrier. So when her family adopted her, they had to use a dog crate to bring her home. Dieting now has been kind of hard on Puff, and her mom says that her big girl cat is still very determined to try and sneak extra food, just like we try to do, and that she's caught Puff eating the fish food. Not the fish, but the fish food (laughs) from the fish tank before. (laughs) Puff, by the way, is competing with four other cats, a total of six dogs, and a rabbit in the six-month diet and exercise program. 
Well, seriously, there's now an electronic games console just for dogs. Okay, it it is no Xbox One, that's for sure, but the Clever Pet Interactive Treat Dispenser does get your dog playing. It is pretty clever. Three paw-sized buttons light up in different ways, and they create puzzles for your dog to solve. And hopefully, if they successfully solve that puzzle and repeat it as it was done, then they get a treat. The cool part is that the puzzles keep getting harder, so that keeps your dog, you know, engaged and stops them from having too many treats. Now, I don't know about you, but this, I am a sap. I am someone who thinks the uglier everyone else thinks an animal is, I think the cuter it really is. Yep, yep, yep. I'm with you there. If you're like me and Hal, then you would really love the winner of this year's ugliest World's Ugliest, mind you, World's Ugliest Dog Contest. She is just a wrinkled, wispy-haired, bony, Chinese-crested <laughs> chihuahua. Her yeah. name is Sweet Pea Rambo. And let me tell you, this is a special girl. She is 17 years old, wow. blind in both eyes, only weighs four hands. So that's not much bigger than if you put both of your hands together. She's just a teeny tiny thing. She was a crowd favorite at the contest in Petaluma, California. Sweepy's favorite thing to do, ride with her dad on his motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I bet. Four pounds. <laughs> and uh, her dad, lucky guy, he won $1,500 and a six-foot-tall trophy for Sweepy's victory. Sweet Pea is absolutely adorable. I've posted a picture over the website. But i got to say one thing. It seems like the Chinese Crested always win these contests. Yeah, pretty almost every year. Every once in a while, something else will win. But, like, uh, I think the it's the lack of the, hair people aren't yeah. used to. Yeah. yeah. That's probably it. It does have some hair, but just, just in the weirdest places. Just right. spiky little hair <laughs> here and there. But, you know, the good thing about that contest is... They have to sign papers saying that they have not done anything to alter the dog's appearance. It's got to be totally natural. Good. Which is good because that's, you know, who knows who would do what for 1500 bucks in a big honking six-foot-tall trophy. Yeah, yeah. You should check out the picture at the website. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. <laughs> oh, the studio is full of animals today. Uh, not just us, of course. Parker is in studio, as well as uh, Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, Molly. Molly's here, yes. We are blessed to be able to work with our animals and, and just to have them in our lives. Gurney, you can hear Gurney in the background. Gurney is Joey's bird. Cockatoo, right? Umbrella cockatoo, just Umbrella. like Beretta. If, if, well, whoever remembers Beretta. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> Damn, you're old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How old is uh, Gurney? And why, why did you, you call know, him Gurney? That's uh, that's like what it's is listen. Good it's question. come on now. The bird came with that name, and she was six. And apparently, there was a general named General Gurney that freed the Malaysians from someone. She came from Malaysia, and the people who owned the bird, um, they were in the military and traveled around and just didn't have enough time for the bird. So the bird was six when I got it. Now, listen, I keep telling everyone she's between 36 and 38 years old, but we checked it out the other day. She's just about 40 years old. 40 years old? Holy moly. Yeah, just about 40 years old. Uh, I got to tell you, though, with our animals, uh, at least my personal animals, dogs and cats, I probably... 
probably will outlive them. They live such short but lives. But how? Yes. Really? I mean, who really knows when they're going to go? You, you don't. You don't really know. And in fact, anything that can happen. That big purple bus could come out of nowhere tomorrow and you'd be gone. Yes. Yep. And yep. then what would happen to them? What, what would right. happen? And that's why we have our next guest on, A.J. Fudd. She is an attorney, and she has a brand-new book out called A Life of Love, Mandatory Reading for Animal Lovers. We welcome her to the show. Hi, A.J., how are you doing? I'm doing great, Hal. How are you doing? Splendid. So you've written this book about estate planning for animals, and this is uh, particularly important. Listen up, Joey, because I know, Joey, you've always said, jokingly, it's each to their own. You don't have any plans for Gurney. What is What is in the book, and what made you write the book? Well, uh, basically, I got tired of kind of seeing all these animals uh, always on, like, the local Humane Society websites or the local animal shelter websites uh, where it's something that happened to the animal's owner and then the animal's looking for a new home at one of these shelters. And uh, I'm an estate planning attorney, and it's there's a, just a very easy solution to that problem um, that most uh, animal owners, I felt, probably just weren't aware of. And so I kind of wanted to uh, educate animal owners and then also um, almost more importantly, motivate them, and then you'll just leave some instructions for everyone to follow. How strong and, are these um, laws, though? I mean, when you write uh, these trusts, can a family member debate them after you're gone, say, hey, this, this is crazy? Because you know what I think about? I think about that hotel heiress that left, what, $25 million <laughs> for the dog Lucky? Leona Helmsley, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, unfortunately, Leona Helmsley didn't use a trust. Um, okay. She relied on a will. And so that's what one of the things that created a lot of problems with her estate because when you leave things, there's a lot of rules when it comes to wills, and one of the main problems with using a will is that you can't put any conditions on the property that you transfer. But with a trust, um, they're actually incredibly difficult to fight if they're properly drafted. A comprehensive and properly drafted trust is um, almost impenetrable, um, even by family members. And there's also um, little fail-safes that you can put in the trust such that you know, if the family members try to attack the trust or uh, fight against it, they will lose their inheritance completely. It's oh. very similar to a no contest provision in a will. Yeah, so you can create kind of, um, I always like checks and balances, as you'll see throughout the book. And uh, the reason I love trust so much is that it's very easy to create a, a check and balance to cover pretty much any situation. So, <laughs> What is the fraud prevention like in that area? I mean, that sounds kind of iffy. Um, yeah, I mean, ideally, I don't do a lot of... Um, most of the time, people have some, you know, people that they name. So the organization is normally named as an organization of last resort. But there are organizations that are very reputable. So, um, for example, a local one that people use a lot here in this area is uh, a local humane society, and they have a program where you donate five thousand dollars, and they will take your animal. It's a, a lovely facility. It's a no-kill facility. And they have a very, um, very reputable adoption program. Well, how much money do we leave for our animals? I'm sure that depends on how old you are. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on your situation, um, what you want, your what kind of animal you have, and what kind of care um, you expect them to have. You know, some people, if it's a relatively what I call straightforward situation where you have a dog or a cat and, you know, we all have a pretty good idea how long they live and what their basic expenses are, um, I usually say that depending on the age of the animal, you can set aside um, around $10,000 is a good amount. I'm around the half-century mark. What what age do you recommend people start estate planning or, or building a trust for their animals? As soon as you get a pet, how? Is that true? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I basically say, uh, you know, once you're over the age of 18, depending on who you are, it's something to start thinking about. The book is called A Life of Love, and you, where can you get it? On uh, Amazon? It's available on, on Amazon. Yep, that's the main place, and it's on Kindle, or uh, you can get the paperback. I'm going to go ahead and give away five copies right now at one 405 8405 Check out A.J. Fudge's website. It's com. Of course, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. A.J. Fudge, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Oh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Hi, it's Alan Cable. Here's a dog tip for you. You're at a dog park. You don't like letting your dog off the leash. You're not certain if your dog will obey you when you call him. But what the heck? You feel bad. You want him to run free. So you let him go. Everything's going great till this one dog shows up and your dog takes off. You try calling him, but he pays no attention to you. Now think about it. What's your next step? Is it frustration? Yelling? Do you walk towards the dog mad? Body all tense? Already knowing as soon as you get close, he's going to run away? The only thing you can think of is you got to get him by that collar. Okay, let's stop and look at this. Your dog's not listening. He doesn't respect you. Dogs respond when you're secure and confident, calm, when you act like a pack leader. Now, providing your dog already understands what it means when you say come, if you can approach him calmly and put him in the submissive position below you, give him a correction right then and there, bad dog, put him on a leash, great. But if you can't catch him, (laughs) well, the odds are you're going to be frustrated. You got to fight that. Now, you probably shouldn't have let your dog off the leash because you knew to begin with he wouldn't listen to you. He wouldn't come when you called, but you did. So the point is, what do you do? What's your response? Turn the opposite way and start walking. Now, some dogs are not going to pay any attention and not care that you're gone. But most dogs are going to notice because you're walking away from them, the pack. You're giving them no attention, nothing. So what do you do when your dog does approach? Reprimand them for not listening the first time? Heck no. Every time your dog comes to you without being called and is close to you, praise him. Good boy. Because if you reprimand him when he comes to you, he's never going to want to come to you. He's going to associate it with unpleasantness. Well, every time I go over there, I get yelled at. Instead of, every time I'm near that other dog, well, I get some attention. You correct them when they're doing what you don't want. You praise them when they're doing what you do want. And when they're calm, just laying there, that's when you give them attention. When they're jumping around like freaks before a walk or when you just come home, pay no attention to them. Till they mellow out, you can even say that, mellow out. When he gives you that, you praise him. Teaching your dog to be mellow and calm, that's the way to go. That's when you give attention. For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N-Pets.com. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, Lois. Hi, how are you today? Good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I have talked I just to found the... you. Huh? You just found us? Yeah. Where have you been? I missed you. I was going, where is <laughs> Lois? Where is she? I, she's going to call in someday. Lois, I want you to meet Dr. Debbie. 
Hey there. She's our veterinarian. Hi. She she'll uh, she'll answer your vet medical questions, and uh, along with Joey Volani. And they cannot. Well, Joey is like a groomer. You might have seen him on Animal Planet. You watch Animal Planet at all? No, I don't. Okay, so then you haven't seen him. So he's brand new to you. So what do you have going on, Lois? Okay, I have two Maltesers. Uh, one, I was someone gave her to me. Said, "Please take my baby. I just can't, you know, handle her." Well, Aww. I took her, and she has this problem where she licks her feet. She licks. And she licks, she wakes me up at night, she licks. She's got my other Maltese licking. I've been to the vet. They gave her, they told me to get Benadryl. That works okay. when it goes off. Then, of course, you know, it's back again. Then uh, I went back to the vet, and they gave her some steroids, which I didn't like, but we tried it. Didn't have any, any you know, I bought some expensive tubes and stuff that's supposed to make her not lick. And she licks. You can hold her and love on her, and as you're doing it, she licks. Oh. So you said the other dog is now doing this behavior as well? The other dog is now doing it, yes, ma'am. And that's the one I had since she was four months old. Oh, okay. Now, on the foot area, do you see any areas where there's lost hair or there's sores or red spots? No, but I did go to the groomers. They used to go once a month. They had that real long hair before, but I had room to cut it all off. They gave her, uh, they gave both of them a, a poodle puppy feet cut. But, okay, you know, sure. there was no, you know, shave. They're all shaved off stuff from the ears and their tail. And okay. they just licked. So my friend says, we'll just follow them out. Just poke them a little, like a mother dog would, and go, eh. So I did that. <laughs> <laughs> and it works, but I'm not always there to do that. Well, you know, the, the number one thing that causes dogs to lick their feet is allergies, the whole category of allergies in some form, whether they're inhalant allergies or food-related allergies. And if we saw some improvement with Benadryl, you know, maybe it's, you know, an allergy kind of playing role. But uh, you said the prednisone, the steroid, nothing happened with that and nothing got better? The Benadryl slowed it down, so as it wore off, they started licking. And I don't want to keep them, you know, doped up. Yeah, and you know, if a, a pet isn't responding with an itching or a licking behavior when we're giving a steroid, to me it says, eh, let's stop our direction because, you know, generally that works pretty nicely for most types of allergies. It doesn't work super for food-related allergies. So my number one thing I'd say is in that category is, you know, I get these kids on a hypoallergenic diet, something that's um, prescribed by your veterinarian pref- preferably so they can guide you through those steps. And find something, stick with that for about four to six weeks, and see if the foot licking um, decreases. If not, we may try another diet. But that's one thing that um, we can try from the source and try um, more uh, directly to control some of this itching. The other things to think about, when I have a dog that's itching and licking, and I have multiple dogs in the house all doing the same behavior, i got to think about something infectious. And you know, not to scare you or freak you out, but there are some types of infections that um, dogs can have that can mimic normal things like allergies that we kind of blame for just about every skin condition out there. Um, and it's natural. We just want to, you know, kind of say, oh, he's just got allergies. That's why he licks that hole in his side or chews his feet or always has sores on his belly. That That's a common thing. But we can see microscopic parasites or mites that can be present in sometimes just select areas of a pet's body. It doesn't always have to be generalized like fleas or ticks. The other thing is we can run into um, uh, fungal infections, kind of like ringworm. And the foot area is not uncommon to either mites 
or fungal infection. So that for me would be, you know, I, I love CSI. I love kind of getting to the nitty gritty of finding out why these things happen and not just trying to throw medicine at, at animals that we don't really need to. So my recommendation would be have your vet take a couple samples, have them check for mites, have them check for a ringworm by a test method. And, um, Try to rule that out as a possibility. But many pets, I will actually go on forward. If we've got multiple doggies in the house, I'll treat them for mites for a couple months and see if we're seeing any improvement in that foot licking and chewing. Um, because honestly, I can't tell you how many pets that I've seen come in year after year. Oh, I need medicine for the allergies. And then one time I finally get my samples and I finally get to do some tests and I say, wow, how do you feel about your dog having mites in their feet or in their back all this time? And we've been using the wrong approach. So, so definitely I'd say, you know, that would be one important step for you there. And, uh, you know, there are some doggies that foot licking, it can be a behavioral, uh, problem. So almost like an OCD issue. Um, before I blame that as a possible thing for your babies, um, you know, I'd want to make sure we check out these medical things and, and see if we can try some other remedies. Cause yeah, there, there's a lot more we can do for your babies there. Um, and little Maltese's, I bet their little feet are probably kind of stained red or even brown if they're licking them a lot. Yeah. Huh? White dogs, typically this brown staining, it almost looks like rust on their fur. It's from a pigment that is found in dog saliva and in their tears. So it's not blood necessarily, things like that. But yeah, that very kind of red-brown staining is just a sign. It's a veterinary sign. We look around. If I see that, I usually can tell, ah, your baby's been licking, huh? <laughs> so I hope that's not too much info to throw at you there, Lois. But we can do some things and and uh, give your babies a little scratch on the head and a little uh, lick on the ear if they like that or if you want to do that. <laughs> You're not grossed out. <laughs> It's about time for us to get on out of here. Thanks for listening today. Remember, if you need your fix, head on over to animalradio.pet. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.